the hockey world lost one of its great players, one of its great human beings today. Longtime Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman Borea Salming died today of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 71 years old. Uh, for those of you like me who grew up in the 70s watching hockey with rapt attention, uh, Salming was, even if you weren't a Leafs fan, Salming was something else. He was the first Swedish-born player inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, he joined the Leafs nearly 50 years ago next year, went on to pave the way for what would become a steady flow of European players from Sweden and far beyond into the big leagues, into the NHL. Uh, he was so loved in Toronto, so loved, that this was the ovation he received at Maple Leaf Gardens when he played for Team Sweden in the 1976 Canada Cup. You can hear the applause here at Maple Leaf Gardens for Borea Salming. Many are standing. Just listen to them. Here they are. I said many are standing now. Everyone in the Yeah, that was how much he was loved. Of late, his story um, had become one not just of grace on the ice and off, but also about uh, a diagnosis, his courage after announcing in August that he had been diagnosed with ALS. Um, there is no cure for the progressive neurodegenerative disease. An estimated 3,000 Canadians live with ALS at any given time. 1,000 die each year. You may remember last winter we spoke with Greg Gao, who was out here in Vancouver, um, and he sadly passed away earlier, uh, a little later this year, uh, after becoming a champion to raise awareness about ALS across the country. Um, just two weeks ago, though, Salming returned to Toronto as part of the Leafs alumni team in the Hockey Hall of Fame Legends game. Uh, it was an emotional visit. There were a lot of tears, including from his close friend and former captain, Daryl Sittler. It turned out it was a final chance for Toronto to say thank you to one of its most adored athletes. Uh, and yet again, the city showed its love for the man they called the king. And the highest scoring defenseman in Maple Leafs history, Borea Salming. Now, one person who could very much understand what Salming and his family were going through when he announced that diagnosis in August was Mark Curtin, one of his former teammates, a man who played with Boris Salming back in 79-80 and 80-81 with the Leafs. He was diagnosed with ALS four years ago and has since become an advocate for other ALS patients. And Daryl Sittler actually approached him, asking him if he could reach out to Salming and his family to try to offer some kind of guidance, some kind of help, and he did. And joining me now is Mark Curtin. Thank you so much for your time tonight. No worries, Ben. Glad to be here. I was reading what you'd posted on social media. Um, a sad, sad day, and in some ways, probably, um, as you pointed out, a relief, too. Yeah. It was a difficult day-to-day, -day, without a doubt. Um, I had a call from Daryl and Tiger Williams about 9 a.m., so when they, the call were two minutes apart, I knew something was up. And, uh, and he passed uh, earlier today. But you know, Ben, he, uh, as I put in my tweet, he died, a, he died a good death. In other words, he yeah. had his family all around him. And uh, knowing what I know about ALS and how it can rip you apart, he kind of outsmarted the disease, didn't he? You know, he, yeah. he went through some struggles, but there was more struggles to come. 
and he realized what the burden would be on his family and uh, decided to to move on. And uh, in some ways, uh, you know, he, we, we say that he's one of the smartest hockey players that ever played, but he was even a smarter man to do what he did for his family, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I was mentioning earlier that we had a guest on the show earlier in the year, Greg Gao out here, and he, he passed, yeah. he passed uh, just a few months ago. Yeah. Um, I know he actually recruited me about two years ago when he, he started the uh, ALS action movement, which is a patient led group uh, that originated in Vancouver. Uh, he's the guy that called me to get me involved in that. So I know Greg very well. Yeah. What a, when, what a, courageous voice he was as well you know he told me once when we were talking that one of the big problems is that that it's so devastating that those who make their voices heard often aren't around long enough for everyone to listen and that was a real challenge for him it is and you know what i've said that since the day i was diagnosed back in 2015 um the problem with the disease is is you have fearless leaders that are starting to get traction and make momentum, and then they pass on, and there's a restart. And it's been like that ever since the bucket challenge, which was quite a few years ago. So it's over and over and over. But you know what, Ben? I think we're at the point now where what I know is that, you know, we're years away from a cure, not decades anymore. And there's a lot more people that know what ALS is now uh, than a couple of years ago. And that started with Major League Baseball. Um, you know, the inaugural June 2nd Lou Gehrig Day a couple of years ago started it. And now the hockey world, the NHL is aware of it, and they're starting to put their arms around it. So I really, really think now that ALS is starting to work its way around. People know what it is now. Yeah, and you've been a big part of that, Mark, I know. Um, what was it like? I mean, it must have been, I remember in August hearing the news. Obviously, I thought of Greg. Um, right. Hearing the news from Borea Salming and thinking, just the fact that you would have reached out to him, it must have been a really difficult time for him and his family. And what did you tell him? You were speaking to yeah. him quite regularly. Yeah, what happened was Daryl called me because Daryl knew that I had ALS and him and I used to speak a lot. And he told me about Boria before it had been released. So him and I would have regular Zoom calls with the Salming family. And uh, I had already started. um, Obviously, I was working towards a lot of ALS advocacy, but I was also helping other, let's call them newbies or people just diagnosed, try and guide them through some of the stages and how to deal with stuff. And so it was overwhelming, obviously, for the Salming family. But at least I was able to steer them in the right direction on how to get some meds, um, get to Montreal and see a neurologist there, um, get your meds. This is what could be coming down the pipe. And try to keep them ahead of the curve a little bit. Um, And I, I do remember one Zoom call in particular, when the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, came up and his wife, Pia, shook her head and said, 
no, I don't think I don't think he can make it. I'm not sure he feels comfortable. And that's when I piped up and I said, you know, the one thing about this illness is it's very easy to sit back and just let it take control of you. But you've got to take risks with it. And I told him the story about when uh, I was invited to Vancouver by Jimmy Rutherford and, and Boudreaux, who I know well, Paul them. And I was a little bit anxious about it. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to take that risk. And I went, and it was a fabulous four-day trip. And I told him that. And by the end of the Zoom call, his shaking the head was starting to nod forward. And then when Daryl told me a week later he's coming, I was thrilled. Because I knew with the type of ALS that he has, that, it, you know, that it, it's very aggressive and that he should take advantage of his chances to see his friends and what have you. And, and we had a great, he had a great trip here. Yeah. Those moments that was, what did, what did, what you must've, I mean, obviously you watched it. I mean, it was so, yeah, it was, yeah. it was special. It was special. Um, my wife and I went down to the game, and uh, we went up to uh, Shanahan's uh, suite for uh, second and third period, where the family was, and Daryl and his wife, and Tiger and his wife, and the Maple Leaf alumni box was not far uh, around the corner, so there was a parade of guys coming in and out. But uh, as his wife, Pia, said, you know, he just lit up because he knew that all these former teammates and what have you, I mean, it's almost like he knew that his days were numbered and it was like a goodbye, you know? So it was a very, very emotional room and a lot of love in that room. Yeah, you could you could feel the love from afar. Yeah, it was. The fans, the fans, uh, well, you heard the fans. And uh, it was uh, something none of us will forget. Boris Salming scoring there for the least something he did a lot, a lot of. He's still the team's leader in assists uh, after all these years. Mark Curtin is with us. Uh, we're talking about the legacy of Boris Salming. He passed away today at the age of 71 of ALS, something that he announced a diagnosis of just back in August. You may remember, you may have seen yeah. the images of him back um, uh, in Toronto being celebrated by the fans there a few weeks ago, two weeks ago tomorrow night, actually. Mark was there as well. Um, Mark, I, I, what was it like to walk into that dressing room back in 1979-80 and be with, with Daryl Sittler and, and Boria Salming? Oh, you know what? It, it was surreal. You know, I, even though I'm originally from Regina, uh, most of my growing up was in Toronto. So to, to put on the leaf sweater was really something. But uh, that team in particular, you're right. Lots and lots of uh, what would turn out to be legends on that uh, late 70s team, early 80s team. But, uh, you know, it was was funny. Like the uh, Maple Leaf alumni asked 
uh, various alumni, if they wanted to do videos uh, to send to Boria, the good get well not or goodwill videos and stuff. One of the ones I said was I remember one of my first uh, training camps. Uh, Boria pulled me aside, and he uh, he taught me how to do a can opener move, which is not allowed in today's game, but um, where I would win a face-off back to the corner, let the center jump by me, and I'd stick my stick in under his arm and give him a little twist, and then I'd go around and get the puck, which worked great for a little guy like me. And I told Bory on the video that because of that one move that he taught me, it enabled me to play over 700 professional games as a checker. And, and uh, it was so funny to me that to think back, and, and I was only one of probably 100 guys that Boria helped out. He was such a, such a great teammate. Like he was a great teacher. He gave you as much time as you needed. Um, he was so skilled. And I remember even in, in drills at practice, like one-on-ones, I never wanted to go down a one-on-one on him because he was like an octopus. You couldn't get around the guy. But, and he blocked shots, and he, he was just one of a kind, you know, Ben? Yeah, I, I remember watching him as a kid and thinking how skilled he was, but also in a, at a oh, time God. in the league, especially in the, in the 70s when it was a bit, you know, obviously a bit rougher yeah. than it is today. How Boria never seemed to be intimidated, but he never seemed to be, uh, he wasn't a goon either. And it was, he must have, it must have been tough too to be, to sort of carry the weight of, 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 of the European player on him and all the reputation that they had of not being tough enough. He was plenty tough, it seemed. Oh, and he had the mental toughness, eh, Ben? Like, he was so mentally tough because, I mean, words can't even describe what it feels like to be going into Philadelphia to play the Broad Street Bullies. I mean, you know, and, and he, like you say, he was uh, one of the leaders from Europe and uh, had everybody on his back, and he just fought his way right through. Tough as nails, that guy. Tough as nails. Those are good memories. I can't believe he taught you a move that kept you in the league as a checking forward for, for uh, more than 250 NHL yeah, games illegally. to top it all off. Yeah, illegally. Yeah. Can you, can you use that move today. No, he was, uh, yeah, that's, is there anything we don't know about him? I mean, he, he seemed to know all the tricks in the book. That was kind of the things that you probably didn't notice if you weren't paying close attention. Well, one of the other funny things that we laughed about it the other day was, uh, and I couldn't understand it again. I'm a rookie. I'm sitting there getting ready for a home game at the gardens. And uh, I'm looking around. I'm going, where's Moria? Where's King? And then Ian Turnbull looks at me. He says, he'll be here in a minute. You know what? He'd come in and he would get dressed in a minute and a half. And he'd go out and warm up. And then he'd end up first star of the game. And he did that time after time after time. I've never seen a guy dress faster. And well, nobody seemed to worry at all, like Daryl and Lanny and Earl Thompson, all those guys. Nobody asked where where uh, Boria was because they knew he'd come in two or three minutes before warm up and he'd be dressed the way he goes. But oh, and, and I don't know any player in the league that did that. 
Former Maple Leaf and Borea Salming teammate Mark Curtin is with us. We're reminiscing about Borea Salming, who passed away today at the age of 71 after announcing he'd been diagnosed with ALS back in August. Uh, We've been talking about a social media post that Mark put up today. Mark was diagnosed with ALS back in 2018. He's become a vocal advocate for patients, ALS patients. He even helped Borea and his family out after his diagnosis. We were talking about uh, the decision for Borea to come back to Toronto last two weeks ago now. Uh, to be celebrated and what turned out to be a farewell, really, from the city that so adored him for so long. Um, a bit more about just the fight to try to raise awareness, Mark. I know it's been difficult. You said earlier you feel like we're closer now yeah. than we have been ever before to some sort of cure, yeah. but it's still a really difficult diagnosis for anybody. That it's, it, it demands a lot of movement, demands leaving home to get treatment. It's still There's still a lot of road to go, I guess. Oh, there's a lot of road to go, but you know, the only way that you're going to get somewhere is you got to be loud. And for the longest period of time, we had it like with the bucket challenge, it got loud and then it quieted for quite a while. We're starting to get loud again. And uh, the only way, as you say, that we're going to cut into some of this red tape, because one of the problems is the, uh, the government pathways are so slow. Uh, when when a, a drug approval gets into Health Canada, it can be upwards of a year and a half, two years uh, um, approval process. And by the time it's approved and goes through the provinces and the pricing and what have you, it could be three years before it's in the, in the pal's body. And with a lifeline of uh, three to five years, not a big window there. So, as a, you know, we're Greg starting this group of a patient-led uh, group. I'm sure his goals were to get big, big, big and loud and reach out to gr- groups like Health Canada and CADF and other government entities, which we've been doing, and get loud. And that's the only way that we're going to turn some heads to get what we want. Uh, the other thing we're after is to get more trials into Canada. There's over 190 trials around the world in, in uh, phase two and phase three. Uh, we've got to get more to Canada. But, you know, for me, myself, what I'm trying to do is I'm talking to the National Hockey League and seeing what we can do there um, with the uh, seven Canadian teams. And, and, and try and pursue that for Canada. But like I said earlier, Ben, I think I think that we're years away from a cure, not decades anymore. I think the voice is out there, but we just got to all pull on the same rope and uh, create more advocacy and gather more research money, get more treatments into Canada, and push the government on the pathway approvals. Those are our goals. And I guess Borea coming back for that farewell, it put it into the spotlight in such a such a poignant yeah. way. Um, it must be. I was thinking, watching him and, and thinking about you too, about how you know, for people who once relied on the strength of their bodies to make a living, yeah. professional athletes, how tough it must be to be vulnerable enough to walk out when when your body is giving up on you. It is really tough, and you're the first person that's asked that. And you're absolutely correct. 
like a, a professional athlete or any athlete for that matter, knows their body better than anybody. And when you do reach the elite in a given sport, which we did, um, it's a shocker to see your body start to fall apart. Like in my case, I had my first symptom in 2015, believe it or not. And my ALS worked its way from my right arm to my left arm, left leg, right leg. And it's inevitable that everybody that has ALS it'll end up in their front and their respiratory and breathing and swallowing and stuff. But the type of ALS that Borean has, which was bulbar, was a very, very aggressive one that already started in the, in the, in the front, uh, which is the worst spot, and, uh, and gets very aggressive. In my case, I've had some longevity because it's a different type of ALS, um, just working on my limbs. But yes, to all of a sudden try to lift a barbell five years ago and it slips out of your hand or swing a golf club and your hand slips and then the falls and stuff, on and on, you just kind of look in the mirror and say, how is that possible when I was so strong at one time? But you hit the nail on the head. It, it's a shocker. And the courage it takes to, to speak out, to, to allow people to see you vulnerable as well. I mean, I thought of that seeing Borea last week, a few weeks ago, right? Just the, the courage it takes to, to accept the love, but also to, to, to be vulnerable like that. Well, that's, that's another interesting question, because at the very beginning when I was diagnosed, I thought, you know what? I don't really want everybody to know about this. And uh, I remember my wife and I, you know, after we left the hospital, you know, in shock, you know, you, all of a sudden your retirement plans and future are all out the window, and it's a real blow. And then you got to tell the kids, then you got to make a decision. Am I going to go hide in the corner and cry, or am I going to stand up and fight this thing and spread the word and do what I can do and try and make a difference? And that's the direction my wife and I chose. And we've never let up on it, but it's uh, but it's a real it's a real battle. I'll tell you, you know, I've never seen uh, or heard of anything like it, and I've lost ten, ten good friends in the last six months, and eight new ones have come on board. So what you had said in the beginning of the show is bang on. Thousand die, thousand get diagnosed, like a revolving door. Well, Mark, I really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, I look forward to having you back on. Continue to speak up. Um, and, uh, and you know, Borea Salming, of course, uh, we'll remember what a great hockey player he was, obviously, but we'll also remember uh, the courage that it took for him to walk out there a few weeks ago and, and say goodbye as well. Well, I think, I think the King realized after a few Zoom calls that, you know, he can be a part of this as well and, and getting the advocacy out there because of the legendary status that, that he has, you know, is, is far more reaching than a lot of people that have ALS could ever do. And uh, I think he recognized that. And I think that's when he thought about it and said, you know what? I may not be well enough to go to Toronto and deal with the, uh, the tribute, but I'm going to do it. 
for those reasons. I truly believe that's what he thought. And uh, then he went back to Sweden and did it again there. And I had a big tribute there. So uh, God bless Borea. And, uh, and thank you, Ben, for having me on the show. Every little bit of advocacy, no matter what it is, is helpful, without a doubt. Mark, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time tonight and all your insight into this. I wish you strength as always, and I look forward to talking to you again. Okay, thanks, Ben. Have a great night. Bye-bye.